Hello, everyone. My hat here, uh, this hat supports, is saying I support law enforcement. That's what the blue line in the flag uh, is for. So I love to support uh, our veterans. I love to support everybody who serves uh, the United States of America. And I would like today to talk about betrayal. Most people, it doesn't take you very long in your life before you've been betrayed at some point. And I know for myself, I've been betrayed a lot. And betrayal, it hurts. Betrayal is only possible when someone very close to you, a friend or a family member, when they betray you. Betrayal isn't possible with a, with a stranger, somebody you don't know, because to be betrayed, to actually be betrayed, it has to involve somebody that you have confidence in, somebody that you have a lot of faith in, who intentionally hurt hurts you. So, I mean, just a stranger can hurt you, definitely. But there needs to be a trust, there's a, there needs to be a trust element to actually be betrayed. There needs to be a, con a, a, a connection. I mean, if you are just out, out and about and, and somebody, you know, uh, is rude to you when you're, when you're out in public or something, well, that's annoying and, and, and that's rude, but it's, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a betrayal. I mean, they haven't betrayed your trust. They haven't betrayed anything that, uh, you told them or they haven't betrayed any confidence you placed in them. So betrayal is something that really hurts on a deeper level than other wrongs that might occur to you. Because it is somebody hurting you that you've, you have a great relationship with, you know, that could be your your husband, your wife, your son, your daughter, your your parents, your best friend. So it's really something shocking. The trail cuts really deep because it is shocking, and it just it comes out of nowhere. Because it's a betrayal, you don't, you're not expecting it to happen. The classic human example of betrayal is catching your husband, wife, your boyfriend, girlfriend, being unfaithful. I mean, that is shocking. And that is something uh, that has happened to my, me. And I, I know... It, unfortunately, in today's society, that uh, that is not unlikely to happen to people. It's it, it's too common, and and that is a strong betrayal. And and this message is really about not just the betrayal, but how you react to the betrayal. One of my best friends in high school, he joined the, the army and uh, 
he can't he can he was able to come home unexpected he wanted a surprise a happy surprise to his wife you know hey you know i'm home and uh he hey i am home and uh his brother was in bed with his wife and uh he he immediately went got got a shotgun you know that he owned or his parents owned and he uh he killed his wife and uh that ruined his life uh, it, it, it you know and it ended his wife's life there's nothing good about that situation you know he didn't handle the betrayal well and uh because he didn't kill his brother he'll never get out of, out of jail you know he couldn't plead uh he snapped or momentary insanity or anything like that i mean and plus because he went and got the gun you know there was a little, some time there you know it's just what it, it didn't work out good for him i mean and i'm not saying it should i mean <laughs> the bible says that you know uh, anybody that kills that if you murder somebody in cold blood you know your bible justice is that you're you are to be killed so um yeah it, it was just rather personal because this you know one of my best friends in high school i mean so I, I said that story that actually happened to to say that it could happen to anybody because there's no way in the world i would have ever suspected you know one, one of my best friends was going to murder his wife you know shortly after high school i mean this was you know he was maybe 20 years old at the time it was it was devastating that isn't how you want to handle betrayal that that is a wrong reaction and i i i've been hurt like that and uh and i can tell you the shock that you go through is powerful the pain is overwhelming it leaves you questioning everything you know you're like how how could i have not realized that this could could possibly happen you know how could i be such a person that you know should be cheated on not that anybody should be cheated on but people always like to suggest that oh you know if your husband or wife was unfaithful well you know it's your own fault you know you're not you know providing for them sexually or whatever and and honestly that isn't isn't the case somebody that's going to go out and betray you and cheat on you they have deeper issues i mean they're betraying trust they're ignoring your the wedding vows they're i mean it, it, that is for a husband and wife relationship that is the pretty much the lowest thing you can do and uh as far as sexuality goes you know uh, there should be communication there you know and and honestly what seems to happen is some people 
are not monogamous. They, it doesn't have to be a bad sexual relationship or anything like that. They're just not in their mindset. They don't have the desire to be monogamous. They want to have multiple sexual partners. And, and, and that, unfortunately, that is common. So, but when you get betrayed on, your mind just spins, you know, you, you blame yourself, you know, you think, well, well, what, what, what could I have done different? And I, w I think if it gets to the point where someone is actually cheating on, on you, uh, it, it, it's more about them than it is about you because, you know, they have a responsibility in the marriage to not cheat. I mean, you don't get married and have, have sexual relations with anybody else. So marriage isn't, uh, I mean, everybody isn't prepared for marriage, I guess, you know, and, and, and people have different expectations in marriage. But cheating is not, is not, is not an answer. And I, I don't believe divorce is, 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 is the answer either. You know, especially if you're Christian, you need to you need to work whatever issues there might be out, but to to uh, leave your to betray your husband or wife for somebody else is never acceptable. And if you have a mindset that oh it's an option, you know you know you can't never say never, well then you have the wrong mindset. There's something wrong there, and so you question yourself and then. That person who betrayed you, you never, ever can look at them the same. I, I know some people mend those relationships. I, I, you know, I don't know how that, that's done, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to encourage anybody to divorce. And, and, and But for most people, that, that is a... You can never look at that person the same. And then you, you think, well, if they betrayed me like this, what, what else have they betrayed me on? Because there's so much, so much deceit and lying that happens when somebody is unfaithful. Because there's so many lies. And you think, well, what else are they hiding? What else? You know, you, you, think, this per you think, I never, there's no way I ever really knew this person. So you're just questioning that person and, and you question yourself on how, how could you fall in love with somebody that would end up cheating on you and the pain just really doesn't really go away because especially when you have kids involved I mean there's just so many things that spiral out of a situation where your 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 spouse cheats on you. I mean, it just there's it, that happens, and you 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 watch them, and you find them, and you, and then so many other. It just it's like a Pandora box that opens up because that spouse will inevitably turn on you and blame you for it and say, well, you know, you you know you you're not who I thought you were. Or what you know, just it spirals out and it has a way of 
for myself, you know, I really went into a deep depression and it it really, it it affected me in a huge way for several years. And, And it's been 10 years or so since it, since it happened and I'm not, you know, I'm fine. You know, I'm saying there's, there's still scars, you know, I mean, if you, if you get an accident and and you have to have your legs amputated, well, you can get, uh, uh, legs put put on, but they're, they're, it's not the same. You know, you still have the scars. The scars are there. You lost your legs and you, 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 you're able to get some, uh, new legs that you can walk on, but it's, it's not the same. And the scars are always going to be there. It's the same like uh, a divorce. It, 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 it's always going to be with you. And then you, you always think about, you know, how am I going to, do I even want to get in another relationship? So the point is betrayal has serious impacts. For the rest of your life, a betrayal isn't something that just goes away. That the consequences of it will will last the rest of your life. And the ultimate uh, betrayal, like it, if if somebody betrayed you, or you think of somebody's a traitor, you might say Benedict Arnold. If you know anything about American history, Benedict Arnold uh, betrayed uh, the United States in the uh, Revolutionary War. And uh, Benedict Arnold forever associated with uh, a traitor. And bigger than that is Judas. If somebody calls you a Judas, you know, it, 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 you know it's like a four-letter word. It's, it's, it's like they're cussing at you because if you... It, if you're innocent, it, you know, you just really don't want the title Judas. And if you're guilty, well, you don't want it either, but, you know, it fits. It, it, the title fits. So if, if somebody calls you Judas, you know why they're calling you. Because it, because uh, Judas betrayed Jesus, and he betrayed him with a kiss. That whole thing... Betraying Jesus with a kiss is, it, it, they use the Judas kiss in literature and movies and in mafia, you know, if you're in a mafia and, and, and uh, somebody uh, from, you know, like your, your, uh, the guy, you know, whoever is the mob guy in charge of you, if he, you know, gives you a kiss, you know, you're like, Pretty pretty sure that means that you know it's a kiss of death. You know you're you're not long for this earth. The thing about the betrayal, Judas betrayal of Jesus, because we look at Judas right now, after the story has been written, after everything happened. But if you're at the time, in the event. Judas was one of the 12 disciples that were called by Jesus. 
in Judas, he was probably uh, the most trusted uh, disciple. You're like, how? Well, Judas was the treasurer. He, he, he held the money. That's a serious position of trust. Could you, could you imagine today if, if, if there were uh, 13 people and one person was a treasurer, you know, that's a huge responsibility because, you know, you know, some of the, the other people who, you know, involved might be like, hey, you know, you know, I need money for this, I need money for that. And as a treasurer, you know, you, you have obligations and rules that you have to go by that was pre-established. So it's a huge uh, job of responsibility. And to, to have that job of treasurer means that they trust you not to uh, lose the money, not to uh, spend the money or allow the money to, to, to uh, go to people other than what was planned. So it's a huge responsibility and a huge point of trust. So Judas was trusted because he was a treasurer. Into into, and they, you know, they were friends. They were Jesus' ministry was three and a half years. Three and a half years, Jesus went all about Galilee. He went he went about his public ministry for three and a half years. I mean, think about it. Have you ever been on on a camping trip with your family and? and been together for like three or four, just maybe a weekend, like Friday, Saturday, and, and Sunday, and then you're sharing that, sharing a tent, it, it gets a little, it can get a little um, conflict, even even in that short of time, because, you know, somebody's, uh, you know, gets up in, in the middle of the night and goes to the bathroom, and, and, and they don't, zip up to 10 again like they should and cold air is going through you know just little things like that can cause annoyance and stuff but can you imagine for three and a half years you're living outside is pretty much how they, they lived and 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 just all the trauma and in troubles that they endured together would would bond them into friendship so I'm saying to spend three and a half years together in the ministry with Jesus, you really had to be tight-knit. Because the, Jesus and the 12 disciples is a supernatural event. I mean, Jesus chose these 12 because they, they met his needs and they were going to be able to do the ministry that Jesus had asked them to do. And yes, Judas had a point, a part that he did for, that Jesus knew he was going to do. And uh, Jesus came to die for our sins. So Judas played his part, and Jesus knew he. You know, it's, it's hard to understand uh, God, and Jesus was God in the flesh, so he's omniscient, all-knowing. So. But 
being God and being omniscient and all-knowing, he doesn't create, he doesn't influence anybody to do what they're going to do. He just knows what people are going to do. So Judas was one of the 12 and was very trusted. And so, like I was saying, the, the, the 12, they, they would walk hundreds and hundreds of miles and Judas was with them. They ate around the fire. They talked around the fire. They, 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 they slept together. They camped together. Judas was there at the wedding in Cana when Jesus turned water into wine. And he was there when 5,000 people were fed with five loaves and two fishes. He saw the lame man pick up his bed and walk. And he watched the blind man's eyes focus for the first time. He was there when Jesus shouted for Lazarus to come out of his tomb. He was there in the upper room and he was he was one he was one of the disciples that had their feet washed by Jesus. Betrayal destroys trust. It robs the past and it can even deaden the heart towards ever trusting again. So that's the hard part about Judas' betrayal. He saw. He saw everything that Jesus did. He saw that Jesus was God. Jesus' ministry on this earth was to prove and show that he was God. Only God can heal. Only God can forgive sins. Only God can take bread, a few loaves of bread and fishes and, and feed 5,000 people. Those are, are acts of God. Judas saw that and he still betrayed Jesus. And, and that's how betrayal hurts because you're like, when you've been betrayed, you're like, you know, I've been so good in this relationship. Because in relationships, most people really try to make that relationship work. They really put themselves into it. They really care about that other person and want to please them, want to do right by them. Now, there's nobody who ever lived on this earth like Jesus who was committed to care and love people. Jesus showed his love through all the healing he did. All the compassion he showed for people, feeding people, healing people, telling them the good news is Jesus. There's two ways this could have worked. They could have accepted Jesus and and Jesus would have brought in, brought in the kingdom at that time. But they rejected Jesus. See, they had an opportunity. It wasn't a fake opportunity. Jesus was, 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 was preaching that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That kingdom of heaven 
is Jesus on the earth. He could have ruled and reigned if they would have accepted him as God. But that didn't happen. They rejected him, which, which he knew was going to happen. We remember Judas so well because his betrayal was so dastardly. It was like, you know, to betray Jesus? I mean, you've got to be insane. He was one of the twelve. He wasn't, because Jesus had multiple, he had the twelve disciples, but he had hundreds of followers that followed him all around. So, what I'm saying is, for Judas to be the, the to have betrayed Jesus, one of twelve, the inner circle. That that's that's just insane, and that's why he's so remembered. Because to have one of your close associates, one that, because right, can you imagine what? Wouldn't you want to have been one of Jesus' disciples? Wouldn't you have wanted to be part of Jesus' ministry? Think about it. If you had had an opportunity in your life to do something, and you could have been, you know, and, and God said, you know, you know, I'm God. I can change history. I can make you, you know, one of the twelve. Wouldn't you take that opportunity to see Jesus in his earthly ministry, to see God on earth? That would have been an amazing opportunity. And so Judas, having had that opportunity, he chose Satan. And that's what people do when they reject Jesus. They choose Satan. In the hour of Jesus' greatest distress, his closest friends deserted him. In the Garden of Gethsemane, his disciples fled when they saw Jesus would be arrested. They left him alone to face the religious authorities and the soldiers. Luke 23 verses 44 through 49. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the mist. And when Jesus had cried out with loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Now, when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly, this was a righteous man. And all the people that came together to that site, beholding the things which were done, smote their breast and returned. And all his acquaintance and the women that followed him from Galilee stood afar off, beholding these things. The only disciple that stayed with Jesus was John. So when you when you think of 
betrayal. Judas sold Jesus out for, 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 for 30 pieces of gold. Blood money. His betrayal was, was, was what directly caused Jesus to be crucified. So his betrayal was far worse than, than the uh, ten apostles who fled. John, John stayed with Jesus. Peter tried to. I mean, he ran, but he, he, he then came back and uh, followed afar. You know, and we know that, that he betrayed Jesus three times. He denied Jesus three times before the, the cock crowed. So he, he was like, no, I didn't know him. You know, you got somebody else. You think, you know, it, it's not me. You know, I, I love Peter. He, uh, he, he walked on water, you know, and then he sank, you know. So Peter really has a great love for Jesus. Jesus had a special relationship with John. John was called uh, the beloved, the, 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 the disciple Jesus loved. Jesus loved all the disciples, but there was a special bond saying, you know, that the one that he loved. So that statement shows that there was a real close relationship. And John never left Jesus. So you have Judas on the one end, <laughs> the extreme end, and then you have uh, John on the on the positive and then then uh, the other disciples in the middle but I would say Peter Peter was was close to John he just he's such a gung-ho guy you know he didn't realize how it would really affect him you know we could all say like oh you know I'll follow you to the end of the earth I'll, I'll do this and I'll do that but when the reality comes in you know and when when he's because Golgotha, where Jesus was crucified, it's called Golgotha, the place of the skull. There were there were other people being crucified. Jesus had a person on his right and on his left being crucified. So Peter, he knew the consequences. He knew that he could be put up on a cross too, and so. That's powerful. And not only that, it's supernatural. Satan is attack, attacking all these, all these disciples. It's not... When you're dealing with, with, with the supernatural and you're dealing with the spiritual, if you're working for Jesus, you know, you're going to come under attack. But with, if you're with Jesus and, and you're one, one, one of the twelve, you cannot imagine the uh, the type of uh, opposition you're going to get from the from the devil. So, you know, the reaction of of the disciples weren't surprising, but it it, it still what, what, can imagine it still have to have hurt uh, Jesus. You know, to have can you imagine if you were Put in that that circumstance, 
that you're you're being wrongly accused, wrongly convicted, and and almost everybody leaves you or deserts you, that hurts. That really hurts. Jesus was affected by this. This hurt him. And John was the disciple that, that stayed by Jesus to the end. He was at the foot of the cross. John chapter 19, verses 25 through 27. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister Mary, the wife, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the, to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. The next day his, his disciples were still too frightened to be seen in public. Jesus had, had been crucified. They had heard that he had died. The crucifixion of Jesus, he was nailed on the cross and he spent three hours on the cross. Also, have we forgotten that the people who laid palm branches in front of uh, Jesus when he entered Jerusalem, they shouted, Hosanna, Lord in the highest. Those same people that, that were sh shouting praises, singing praises to Jesus, Hosanna, Hosanna. They would later betray Jesus with shouts of, give us Barabbas. So Jesus was betrayed by nearly all of his followers. I mean, he had huge crowds. He fed 5,000. He fed 7,000. Those are huge crowds that Jesus had that followed him everywhere. Could you imagine? Those, pe those same people that were, were praising Jesus turn around and scream for his death. Can you, ma can you imagine? You know, you you think that you you have all these friends, and then they everybody turns on you. Everybody, yeah, that hurts. Jesus was rejected by the masses, which hurt. Many of these people who had followed him. Many of those people. Jesus had a three-and-a-half-year ministry. Many of those people had followed Jesus from day one. As soon as Jesus' notoriety hit, many of them just kept following Jesus. Isaiah 53, verse 2. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when... We shall see him. There is no beauty that we should desire him. See, that verse, Isaiah 53, that's talking about Jesus. So, Jesus, that verse is saying, he was an average person. He wasn't, like, uh, when the Bible talks about King David, 
the Bible talks about how he was, you know, a prime specimen. He was he was tall. He was uh, he was taller than a whole head taller than everybody. You know, Jesus. Jesus. If Jesus, if if there was a crowd of 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 people in Jerusalem, a crowd a crowd of men, you couldn't pick. You just wouldn't be able to pick Jesus up because there there's nothing physical in his visage, in his body, that you would be able to look at and say, "Oh, that, that's Jesus. That's Jesus." You know, you, I know you, you you can see all the the Christian art and all. You know, most of them, most most of the art are, are, is is just uh, probably not correct. But the, the 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 Jesus on on this earth, he was he was an average guy, and you know why? Because Jesus, for him to be able to die and pay for all of our sins, he had to become flesh. And he became flesh so he could experience everything we experience. So he could live a perfect, sinless life and so as God, being God, so he could be acquainted with us, so he could know. So when you talk to Jesus about any of your problems, any of your issues, Jesus can be like, yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know. I'm, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Because Jesus knows our troubles. He knows our fears. He, he knows what we're dealing with because he dealt with them. Okay, Jesus lived for 33 and a half years. And in his lifetime, he dealt with so much more than we could even imagine in our lives. What, what we deal with is nothing compared to what Jesus dealt with. You know, the betrayal of Jesus, nobody in the history of the world has been betrayed like Jesus was betrayed. And so we need to look at how Jesus handled this betrayal. And the cost of the betrayal to Jesus. Physical pain is one thing, but for Jesus to experience the pain of being abandoned by those who were as closest to him, to be stabbed in the back by, by those who knew him the best, no wonder the nails that were driven through his hands and feet were so excruciatingly painful. Even with the pain, Jesus knew how to respond to those who inflicted it upon him. When it came to Judas, Jesus could have told him to leave the upper room. But instead, Jesus not only let him in, but he washed his feet and gave him the food of the Passover to eat. By bathing in his feet and feeding him, Jesus showed us that Judas is not excluded from being his friend. Get that. Judas was Jesus' friend until the end, until he betrayed him. Jesus knew what Judas was going to do, but he did not reject him. He, he didn't reject him because at that point in time, Judas hadn't had betrayed Christ. 
Jesus treated Judas with, with all love, all kindness. He treated him equal to all the other disciples. Jesus includes Judas until Judas decided to exclude himself from Jesus. That is the nature of Jesus Christ. Jesus, if you're in Jesus, that's where you want to be. But if you reject Jesus, that's, you know, reject to reject Jesus is, is to is to reject the everlasting life. It's, it's, it's to get everlasting wrath. But the nature of Jesus, he, he's giving, he, Jesus can give everybody on his planet a chance. And not only a chance, many people get millions of chances. But people keep rejecting, rejecting. But Jesus is like, no, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep trying, keep trying to get this person saved. You know, I'm going to keep, keep sending people by to talk to this person. You know, people that witness and pass out tracts, they're, they're doing what Jesus told them to do in the Bible. Some people are going to be witnessed in their life thousands and thousands of times. And so when they, when they die and go to hell, and they're before God, Jesus at the great white throne judgment, Jesus is going to show them every opportunity they had to get saved. Every opportunity. And, and that's going to sting. That's going to hit them so hard. They're going to be like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. That, that I rejected Jesus. But Jesus is going to stay giving people opportunity. Just like Judas. Jesus didn't cast him off. Jesus didn't cast Judas off until the last second. In reality, Judas ran from Jesus. Judas committed suicide. People that reject Jesus are suicidal. Jesus was the Messiah who washed his friends' feet, knowing full well one of them would be, one of them would betray him, and who fed them their supper, knowing full well who would. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him, and that the that that uh, ten others were going to run away, run and hide, and he knew John the beloved was going to be there. But Jesus treated them all the same. He didn't just you know shower uh, John with uh, love. He, he he showed love to all of the disciples. So that's the thing about Jesus. Jesus gives. He he. he he, he's giving to everybody, everybody. Jesus, he was the Lord who went on giving of himself to, to everyone, regardless of how they treated him. Because Jesus' faithfulness didn't depend on their faithfulness. So that's the amazing thing about Jesus. Us humans, if, if if you're if you're always showing kindness to somebody, and then it's never 
reciprocated that that you're always kind to somebody and and that person is never kind back well eventually we're, we're just going to stop being kind to them but not jesus jesus is going to keep being kind keep being kind keep being kind so jesus doesn't respond to us the way we respond to him the way we treat him Je jesus will be his faithful no matter what it, his faithfulness is not dependent upon our faithfulness when jesus dipped a piece of bread in his, in his cup and handed it to judas he not only revealed who judas was he also revealed his enemies so when 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 uh, Jesus and Judas dipped their bread in at the same time. Judas revealed who he was, and Jesus told him to go about what he was going to do. Jesus didn't stop Judas. See, Jesus knew what Judas intended. He knew that Judas was going to betray him. And he revealed that. He told Judas to go do what he was going to do. Jesus Christ, his his love, his amazing love knows, knows no end. Jesus shows us that he is the food and drink that saves our lives. He is the one who can thaw out our frozen hearts by taking them into his own. Jesus Christ is the broke. It, 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 he, he became broken. He poured out his blood for us. His compassion, his love is indescribable. Despite how many times we betray Jesus, Jesus never rejects us. Jesus wants us to learn from him, from from this from the night that he was betrayed and crucified although betrayed by the ones he loved Jesus responded with love and compassion he wants us to respond the same way how do we how do we respond first by understanding that shock and anger is a normal response so if you're betrayed it's normal to be shocked. It's normal to be angry. Jesus was. In John uh, chapter 13, John chapter 13, verse 21, it says that Jesus was troubled in spirit. The Greek word for troubled means stirred to anger or agitated. John 13, 21, when Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and, and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Yes, <laughs> Jesus was, was, was angered. He was angry about it. Being angry isn't a sin. It's a normal reaction. So if you're betrayed, Yes, you're going to be angry. That's 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 not a sin. 
don't take a shotgun and start shooting somebody because of what caused you to be angry though. Jesus knew that Judas would betray him later that night. Knowing this, Jesus was shocked and angered. What, what Jesus shows us here is that there is nothing wrong with being angry. There isn't. Jesus was angry at, at Judas. But the thing about anger is Jesus didn't hold on to that anger. And, and we needed to follow that example. Je Jesus didn't go go to, to the cross bitter at Judas. And, and, and when Judas betrayed him with a kiss, <laughs> Jesus didn't lash out. So we need to follow Jesus' example. When we're betrayed, yeah, you're going to be angry, but... You, you you don't need to 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 lash out with that anger and do something foolish. You need to you need to control your temper. Being angry is one thing, but but getting being becoming violent, becoming abusive, you know, it's not the way to go. It's not the way to go when when you're it never should be that way. But when you're betrayed, no. You need, we need to follow Jesus' example. He had compassion and forgiveness on those who betrayed him. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27, be angry and sin not. So be angry and sin not so that, and sin not is saying, you can be angry and you're not sinning. But it's saying be angry. Be ye angry and sin not. So that means don't escalate the, past the anger phase. Because they're saying, we know that you're angry, but don't sin on top of being angry. Don't let that anger cause you to sin. So it says, be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. <laughs> so God's even giving you a timeline. He's saying, you know, you know, you find out you're... You walk in on your wife in the, the morning having sex with somebody else. By that evening, you need to put that behind you. Your anger and your wrath. You need to put that behind you within 24 hours. Just let you gotta let that go. In verse 27 says, Neither give place to the devil. So when you get when we get angry, when when we when when bad things happen to us, when we're betrayed. It's all the working at Satan. Satan wants to, to cause us to sin. So, so God, the Bible, Jesus is telling us how to deal with betrayal, how to deal with adversity. You don't let how somebody behaves toward you affect who you are. My, my my friend who uh, who who wound up shooting his wife with a shotgun and killing her. That 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 changed who he was. That wasn't who he was. But you kill somebody, that changes who you are. So don't 
let anger turn into sin. The first way we respond to betrayal is knowing that is knowing that shock and anger is a normal reaction. So yes, it's normal to be shocked and angry about being betrayed. The second way we respond to betrayal is to turn the shock and anger into love and compassion. Jesus didn't let his anger at sin become anger toward the person who who was betraying him. The people who Jesus didn't shout at the people who were, who who were saying crucify him, crucify him. Jesus didn't react. He didn't get. He did not respond with hate towards people who were betraying him. He showed them love and compassion. On the cross he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus wants us to be like him. We need to go to live on after our after we're betrayed, after we're hurt, after we're offended, we can't let those who hurt us destroy our lives with anger, with hatred, with trying to get, with revenge. No, all of those, that's what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to be angry. He wants us to change who we are because we've been betrayed. If you're betrayed, okay, so whoever betrayed you, the best thing is, is is to just get them out of your life as quickly as possible. Don't let their betrayal ruin your life. Let the anger go. You know. So we need to follow Jesus' example. Romans chapter 12 verses 17 through 20. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Let the Lord fight your battles. Haven't you ever heard that expression? Just leave it with the Lord. Give it all to the Lord. Give your cares and burdens to the Lord. That's what it's talking about. Let God. God will avenge you. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thy enemy hungry, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing thou heapest Thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. After Judas left the upper room, Jesus taught the remaining disciples a very important lesson. That's John chapter 13, verses 24 through 35. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him, that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. Simon Peter was asking about, Jesus said that he was going to be betrayed, and, and Simon Peter was asking, who is it? He then lying on, on Jesus' breast, saith unto him, Lord, who is it? 
Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop. When I have dipped it, and when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest, do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag, that Jesus had said unto him, Buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. He then received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If, if God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall, straight, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and, I, and as I said unto the Jews, Whither I go, ye cannot come. So, so now I say to you, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Jesus was just betrayed by Judas Iscariot. And so what does he tell his disciples? To love one another. See, Jesus is telling us, if we're betrayed, if we're hurt, Love one another. Have compassion. Pray for that person. If, if, if somebody's always hurting you, always, always, always being rude, mean to you, pray for them. You know, that's how you do it. You pray for them, and God will deal with them. When we are betrayed, instead of returning anger for anger, curse for curse, or, or calculating our revenge, Jesus said we must respond with love. Jesus said this in Matthew Chapter 5, verses 43 through 48. Ye have heard that it, it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, curse you. Do good to them that hate you, and, pay, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye do more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is, in, which is in heaven is perfect. Being perfect is to respond perfectly to betrayal, which is to show your enemy the love of Christ. The second way we respond to betrayal is to turn the shock and anger into love and compassion. When someone betrays us, 
We must not also betray ourselves by giving into anger, revenge, hate, or despair. That betrayal can produce in our hearts. That's what Satan wants. We will betray ourselves if we give in and give up. Although the sting of betrayal still hurts, we take our pain to Jesus Christ, who already knows from experience how excruciating and painful this betrayal is. In Romans 12, 21, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So I, 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 I pray that you, you understood the point of, of, of this, this message. The point is, we, if you're Christian, you need to be like Jesus. Jesus has given us his example. Don't, don't let the evil people do to you change who you are. That's what Satan wants. Satan wants to turn us into angry, bitter people. But Jesus says, no, love them. Love them. Pray for them. Have compassion on them. God bless you. Thank you so much for your time.